You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session three. I am just really loving this season so far and loving kind of the variety of things that we're able to cover and just so, so appreciative of Rachel for doing this and for being here. This session is really helpful, I think, if you're someone who has kind of lost their momentum or is feeling a little burnt out or overwhelmed and is just kind of needing some of the basics and foundation to kind of get back into it and start. I think that's for sure where Rachel has been. And so just kind of getting back on track, really finding that momentum again, not making it so hard, all of that kind of stuff are the things that we're going to dive into today. So if you have been feeling the same, this episode will be super, super helpful to you. So thank you for being here and let's go to session three. All right, what's going on? Hi. Oh my gosh. It's been, I feel like it's been a really long time, but I think it's only been like a week and a half. Right? I know what you mean. It's like, I feel like especially in this current moment in time, it feels like it's either like feels like an eternity or like no time at all, right? Yes. Yeah. My husband and I were talking about it. He's like, I feel like I've been home a really long time. And he said, not in a bad way, but just like... (laughs) He's enjoying being home, but it just feels like it's been forever, you know, yeah. since all this started. And I mean, it's been a, I guess, a month or two at this point. So yeah, I think what did it start like March, mid March, and end of April. So yeah, yeah, like about six weeks, right? Yeah, and then on the flip side, I, I'm like, it's going to be May tomorrow, and yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? So times both moving fast and slow, which is just. <laughs> I it's a mind fuck. The yeah, time. Totally. yeah, yeah, totally. So I, uh, I was reading your questionnaire, and I'm like so excited about you sticking to the like 5 p.m. thing and how good that's feeling. Just give me a little brain dump there. Yes. So I put in my schedule. I've blocked off the first hour of the morning, and and even if I don't get up right when I think I'm going to, because I'm also pregnant and tired, and totally, I sleep in, but I still devote that first hour in the morning to. Um, to blissful budget, which has been really good. Um, and I also started taking Saturdays off, which has been really nice because <laughs> I was doing a lot of work on the weekends, especially when my mm-hmm. daughter was napping. And I found like I was just burning myself out and I try to write content and wouldn't feel really creative. And so by just like giving myself Saturday to totally unplug from everything, then I get so much more done in the, you know, hour to two hours I have devoted on Sunday and like knock out all my content. So I'm in a really good place for the start of the week. So that's been a game changer. That's amazing. And I think it's so interesting, right? Because sometimes we always think the answer is working more. And I think Mm -hmm. what you're seeing is like, like actually giving yourself more of that time is totally changing how much you even have to work, right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it feels like everything comes a little bit easier. And whereas before it was just like, oh, now I've got to write the content and schedule everything. And now it it doesn't feel like 
a chore, like it's something I enjoy again, which is the point of having this business because yeah. I want it to be something I enjoy, not something, not like another thing I have to do. Mm-hmm. Totally. Tell me um, a little bit about how that's feeling in terms of taking on those extra projects too, because I know you mentioned that as well. Yeah. So I I was supposed to start covering for a colleague in mid-May on maternity. She was going out on her maternity leave and was going to return the favor <laughs> when I go on my maternity mm-hmm, leave mm-hmm. in September. And she actually ended up having her baby three weeks early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this week was nuts because it all of this workload sort of got added on that I I wasn't really expecting till mid-May and had planned like my time out accordingly because of that. And and of course this was the week that like every PR client needed something right away. So there were a couple days where I would stop working at five and then I may have to go back, you know, after bedtime, after we put our daughter to bed and get a little more work done, which has been fine. I But I really like that, like, at five, I'm going to stop mm-hmm. for a while, at least. And then I'm able to focus on time with family and, and go outside, like taking walks right now, I feel is so important just for mental health and mindset, because totally. otherwise, we're just inside all day. And, and it feels like we're captive. So, <laughs> so yeah, it, this week was bananas. Um, but I still like having that hour in the morning, I think is so helpful because I knock out the stuff I need to do for Blissful Budget. And I have a client also for Blissful Budget who had booked me back in March. We did the budget intensive that I offer then. And we were going to start um, her 90 day program right after that. But then her, you know, COVID (laughs) and all of that. And she was totally overwhelmed and like legit overwhelmed, not just like, oh, I'm overwhelmed looking at my budget, but life is too much. Can we start in May? And so we sort of halted her start till May 1st. So I was able to do some prep work for that also for her starting up, which felt really good too. So like getting it done first thing in the morning is great because Especially this week when I've had like evenings where I'm trying to meet these PR deadlines and finally in a place where I feel like I'm getting caught up on the PR side of things. You guys know I'm such a proponent of time blocking. I talk about it on every season of Literally. I talk about it every chance I get. Scheduling time blocking, it is life changing. (laughs) So I just am here to point out like how much more ease Rachel is feeling, how um, much more inspiration is coming back. And you know that she's been able to make it work with all of those extra projects to still create that time and space for herself. And it's because she has taken control of her time. When you time block, you are effectively in control and intentional with your time when you're not calendaring or whatever you want to call it, time blocking, calendaring, whatever. It's so haphazard and ultimately leaves you spending it in a way typically that does not serve you or that overspends or whatever. And that's kind of what was happening with Rachel. Like she was just overspending every day, right? Like not stopping at five, letting it bleed over, really not creating that intention around it. So just so cool to see the shift when you create that intention, how much more space you have than you think you have. So if you are not already doing that, I cannot recommend it enough. You will hear it from me again and again, try it, give it some time and you will be bought in because it is life-changing. 
Well, I think it's like really beautiful that you're sort of designing it in a way that works for you, like where like it's better for you to be doing a little bit of that at night if it's absolutely necessary versus like it just kind of spilling over and over and over and feeling like it never ends, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel more in control, which is really good. And I mean, even last night, there was stuff I could have done, but I just didn't. I I have a standing weekly call with girlfriends. And so I was like, I'm just going to have this call and go to bed. And so, you know, that felt good too, of making the choice of like, I can take care of this stuff tomorrow. It doesn't have to be right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, so interesting how, um, like freeing that is where we always tend to think, oh, it'll feel so much better if I get it done. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. that's sort of the trap. But it like really is like, no, it feels better to like decide I can do both or decide I can wait, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that there was a night a couple of weeks ago, I think I was up till one in the morning doing work. And it was I th- before we had the chat <laughs> about blocking off time. And I mean, I was just, I was exhausted and useless the next day. And and so, you know, even though I got that one project done, it impacted me so much the next day. And and then that starts to spill over into blissful budget. And, you know, I don't want to be operating from this place of exhaustion. So it's really good to to have that control and feel like, okay, this is my choice and I'm I'm allowed to rest and it's actually going to be better for everybody if I do. So good. And just like really something to be proud of. Like, I mean, I think it's truly hard to have the discipline to be like, okay, I'm stopping at five. Okay, I'm putting this down. Like the fact that you Mm -hmm. literally did that every day and stopped at five, I think is just something to like really celebrate because like saying you're going to do something, but then totally following through on it is another thing. So you should like really be very proud of yourself. So something I really want to touch on and that I know I had to learn in my business for sure is that it doesn't always feel better to get it all done, <laughs> right? And why the whole idea of like, get it all done, I'm using hand quotations, <laughs> to get it all done and staying up late to do so just doesn't work. So as your business grows and gets bigger and as you scale, there will be plenty of days where you cannot get it all done. You can't zero out every day. And being comfortable with that is so important as a grow entrepreneur that trap of like let me make sure I get it all done is so unhelpful because it creates exactly what Rachel is talking about here where you end up staying up till 1 a.m. like thinking like oh victory I can go to bed but you have stuff to do the next day but you're burnt out for all of that you're tired for all of that you're drained for all of that and so it gets you more and more behind if you keep telling yourself the story that you have to get it all done every day you'll continue to be in that always drained, always burnt out mode instead of like the sometimes I have to stop because I have to stop and rest and take care of myself and then I conquer it the next day kind of thing. And really that is a mindset shift more than it is a do you have enough you know, energy or time or whatever kind of shift. It's the mindset of being okay with going to bed with someone needing an answer the next day. I totally had to work through that in my business, you know, going to bed with Basecamp messages and emails and things like that. And I'll tell you, the more I've trained myself to do that, the easier it is to run my business. And quite honestly, the more that I do end up getting it all done from that place. So totally a lesson that being more drained, feeling um, that 
pressure of zeroing out every day is the exact thing that's gonna stop you from scaling. Thank you, thank you, I am. <laughs> so good. Okay, cool. So you definitely wanted to talk a little bit about selling, kind of getting calls out there again, maybe even raising your prices. Give me a little brain dump mm-hmm. there. Yeah, so back when I was in value-centered sales, like I had really good momentum going. And then when I decided I needed to pick PR work back up to pay the bills, um, you know, that kind of slowed down and it all kind of was put on the back burner. I was still producing content, but not selling at all. And so I feel like I'm in a place where I'm ready to start. And, you know, now that we're entering into May, and even though I do have a little more work in the beginning of the month than I anticipated, I still feel like I have time to start doing discovery calls again. And I have this whole list of people that I had had calls with, oh gosh, when was that? Probably three or four months ago that sort of, I had followed up with them a couple of times and then things happened and it all fell off. So Mm -hmm. I have like this list of cold leads that I could warm up again. And I feel like we're just in this really unique position right now because of everything that's going on. We are also focused on money and I feel like offering a free... I was doing free budget assessments before. So offering some sort of like free call that's really tailored to something that's top of mind now, whether that's like, what should I do with my stimulus check that I'm getting? And or like, how do I protect my business, you know, from this again? Or or how do I navigate through this? I don't know. I feel like there's an opportunity there. I don't know quite what it is yet, but to really start having those discovery calls again and and getting people um, on the phone, because I feel like that's what's, of course, going to drive the Mm -hmm. business. So So, um, one of the things that you were saying is just having um, that cold list. Are those Mm -hmm. people like who have still been engaging with you? Are they kind of depends? Are they still people that you're in touch with? Like, Give me a little background there. Yeah, I mean, some of them I haven't ever heard from again. (laughs) There are a few, though, that I have um, stayed engaged with and like they they read my content or they're a part of the Facebook Mm -hmm. group. And so they are still following me. We just haven't really ever talked on the phone again about about their needs. So I feel like there's probably three or four folks. And I mean, there was even one woman who is ready to hire me. And I think I totally did the thing where I got scared mm-hmm. and just didn't follow up again. She was, it was right around the new year because we had spoken in December and she said, check back with me in January. And then January came and went and and life happened and I never checked back in with her. So I totally uh, just let that one go. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of that was out of, I mean, part of it was where I was at the time of like, I just need to be making money. And part of it was fear, I think, and going back to that, like, imposter syndrome of, oh, my God, can I really do this? Even though I've had clients already who have said really great things, like, am I, am I good enough? So there's, there was her too, who, you know, I haven't really talked to since, um, who might be waiting, you know? 
Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think a couple of things are really helpful to see there is like one is like you know you kind of pull back in the process when you get mm-hmm. close to it. So that's just good for us to pay attention to, right? The more mm-hmm. we kind of know – you know, where you tend to find that stuck point, the easier it is for us to just be on the lookout for it. So I think that's just good information. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the first thing I would do is like follow up with all those people that are like her, the ones that are still engaging with you and just kind of be like, hey, like just thinking about you, just checking in, wanting to see where you are now, where you are now as so many things have changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it always, always makes sense to start with our – Warmest cold, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense, right? Definitely. Um, they've already had a call with you. They're already warmed up to you. They've been consuming your content. They are already close to a yes. Like to start there is a really smart thing, and then work our way backwards mm-hmm. because they're already so much further down the path. Even if it was a couple months ago, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so let's do that. Does that feel good to kind of like make that the goal is to like get in touch with all of them? Yeah, that feels really good. So if you're just restarting or you're starting to sell a new offer or anything like that, the thing that I want you to take away from this is always start with previous warm leads first, right? People so underestimate how valuable it is to go back to those who were already interested because that is where the gold is. Like if someone was already interested or bought in enough to talk to you or had an experience with you, the likelihood that they convert is always higher. We don't wanna be at that position where we're constantly starting from square one with new people. We wanna be able to build up that warm leads pipeline. And so going back and first revisiting the old warm leads you have, who of course may have gone a little bit cold by now, um, is still the most valuable use of your time when you're starting at the beginning or putting something new out, that kind of thing. I think that we almost make up a story in our head sometimes like, well, they didn't want it then, they don't want it now. And it's the exact opposite. If they were interested enough to have a conversation with you about it then, and you circle back to them now and they still have that same problem, they are so much more likely to invest. So use that in your business. Start with the warm leads, go back to them. Even if they've gone cold, it's so much faster to warm them up. It is so much faster, you guys. Like I just cannot say that enough. So if you're experiencing this in your business, do not be afraid to go back to those people. Do not create the story that they like didn't want it then. That is totally opposite of what's true. And this is the fastest way to make a sale. Okay. And, you know, I would just kind of see where they are, but I would be ready to offer them another call. Like, obviously, they've already had one and we wouldn't normally give two free ones. But since the time gap is there, I think that makes sense. What so feels true there? Yeah, I think that feels really good. I would I probably feel weird being like, hey, are you ready to hire me? And also, <laughs> since we've been talking sort of on Basecamp about changing up my offering a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like having another call is good too. So I can say, you know, this is how my business is shifting. And here's what I'm offering now, because it's a little bit different than what I was offering back in December. Totally. Okay, cool. And then in terms of call topic, let's talk Mm -hmm. about that next. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just, you know, I think before I had been offering a free budget assessment. And now now I'm blanking on on the points we would cover in the call. But I mean, it was pretty much like back to that that messaging that we had talked about, about uh, looking at, at 
where you're leaking money, you know, how you can save more and keep more of your money. Um, and the calls I had were all really good. And I feel like everybody walked away with tangible next steps. Because even the calls I had from folks that weren't really interested in, in signing up, but they all felt it was really helpful. And some of them even wrote testimonials just based on that call of like, you know, how helpful that 30-minute call was. So I felt like that was good, but we're in kind of a different space right now. So, so yeah, I think, I think I'm just um, trying to get really solid on what I want to offer in that 30-minute call. Yeah, so something that we've talked about before that I want to kind of jump back to for a second is that I think we were saying it it didn't really feel like they had to be in any one certain place. Like they could be quite far along or they could be kind of, you know, just at the beginning of a business or whatever. It wasn't Mm -hmm. really important. But I think right now is a really good opportunity to be like, but what really is the most important? So we talked about like – um make more, save more, right? hmm Yeah. But, like, let's get even more detailed there in terms of, like, for the people that, you know, are most ideal for what you offer, like, what do you think they're struggling with the most? Is it how to pay down debt? Is it just that they're never even looking at their money so they don't know how to manage it? Like, if we had to get really specific, what comes up? Yeah, I would say the most common thing I hear is I don't even look at it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. – I know that I should – but I mm-hmm. don't. I, I feel like everybody I meet and talk to about what I do, that's the first thing they say to me. Yeah. Like, I know I should, but I don't like to. So I think that's one of the biggest hurdles they have. Um, and then a lot of folks I've talked to, I feel like debt is is a big thing. I, I feel like, you know, maybe one or two people that I've worked with so far had absolutely no debt, you know. So it's pretty common. So I really like this idea of like, I don't look at it mm-hmm. because that's just such an instant resonance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're seeing that and you're someone that like totally sticks your head in, in the sand around that, like you know right away if that's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like even if you called the, it, the like look at your money call, <laughs> you I know, like or that. something just like really fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that makes a ton of sense where we don't even necessarily put the word budget in it yet. Yeah. Because it's like that might even feel too far for the people who aren't looking at it. That's kind of why I was wondering that, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I've never even looked at it, the idea of then getting my budget looked at is like, well, what budget? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like budget is such an intimidating word for people too. And it makes them feel like, oh, you're going to tell me I can't spend my money at all. Which mm-hmm. isn't what we want to hear as <laughs> successful mm-hmm. business owners. We, we're doing it so we can spend some money. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And we certainly don't want to feel like constrained. Like I feel like for entrepreneurs, freedom is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when we're like feeling constrained, we're going to kind of rebel against that. Right. Totally. <laughs> okay. So – what if the call was just on like kind of like if you're someone who hasn't looked at it, like here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at it. We're going to get clear. What else comes up? Like what's the outcome we could give on that call? Um. Yeah. So and I'm trying to even think like how in those 30 minutes could we look at it together? You know, do I have them fill out something quickly before the call or is that too much to ask? 
Um, I don't know. Something that might be interesting that comes up for me, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I do feel like um, going zero to 60 with someone they don't know know very well yet, where they're Mm -hmm. like, here's my bank account kind of thing. Right, right. (laughs) Might be a lot. Mm -hmm. So it can almost be like on this call, I'll help you personalize a framework to actually look at it. So you're almost Mm -hmm. helping them create the framework versus – having to look at it and then like the upsell is almost like if you're ready to look at this together and you want to dive in yeah yeah that's what we can kind of do I'm not sure if that makes sense but I think like making it feel less intimidating in that way if we know they're very intimidated does that make sense yeah yeah that definitely does and I feel like I feel like that shifts really well then into, you know, what I would sell them first, which is the intensive, the 90-minute intensive, because that's what we do. And that is like, they fill out a big questionnaire that asks them all about their money. And then we sit and look at it together, at you know, what's coming in and where it's all going. So yeah, I like that a lot. And I was thinking, you know, as you were talking and sort of, you know, because I've got the three pillars and my framework of money, mindset, and mastery. You know, one of the things that I talk a lot about with clients and I think could fit really well in the 30-minute call is what what thoughts are coming up, even just thinking about mm-hmm. looking at your money. Because that's where we really tell ourselves the stories of like, I'm bad with money or I don't deserve to make money. Like, that's usually what comes up whenever we're like, oh, crap, I've got to pay a bill or I've got to look at my bank account. So with you, so I literally wrote down, let's create a framework to look at your money and shift the mindset that it's actually scary to do that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that's so spot on because it's it's almost like, well, yeah, we kind of have to do the mindset work first before you're going to be available to fully look at it. I'll give mm-hmm. you the framework with which to do that, but we kind of got to look at why it's feeling so scary, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And um, even thinking back to some of the calls that I did in December, like that was a big part of it was just talking about the mindset around their money. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's a nice filter for you too, that like the people that are coming onto these calls are open to that conversation. You know how we were talking about like you were almost like, but are they even going to want to talk about that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you kind of need to at least be available to go there. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And um, I mean, yeah, we talked a little bit too last time about the, you know, the tarot aspect of it. So mm-hmm. I could even like draw one card for them or something and, and get their feeling on on if they're cool with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. I like that. And I think that um, as you follow up with people, mm-hmm. if you're hearing like, oh, I haven't really done anything with it. I don't really know. I'm still kind of avoiding it. Like that's a great end too, to be like, Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, I have this new call that I think you should get on. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So let's talk about exact takeaways. So I'm saying like a framework to look at your money. And then we're going to say like an identification of the mindset that's making it hard to do that. And then like one way to shift it. Does that Mm -hmm. feel good? Or does anything else come up there? No, that feels really good. I feel like... I feel like that's sort of what naturally had come out of the calls too, but it, it's putting it into words, you know? Mm-hmm, totally. So. Okay, beautiful. So next steps. Number one, let's talk about 
where you're going to advertise this. But number two, let's mm-hmm. talk about what packages and pricing again a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in terms of sharing this, what comes up for you? I ha- saw the best engagement and got the most calls when I was doing Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think I've done an Instagram story since December mm, okay. <laughs> last year. Yeah. And some of it's just like, okay, where do I find the time to do that? Because it was a little easier then because my daughter was in daycare. And so, like, I would do most of my stories in the morning while she was, you know, out and about. And so, I mean, I could do some during that first hour that I've got blocked off. But then I feel like I have to check in during the day. And maybe that's just the pressure I put on myself Um I do have later to do some, which can schedule like, uh, you know, just static images into stories. So, but I did notice like that was really what drove people to sign up for calls. If I just do one post on Instagram or a post on Facebook, like it doesn't seem to really um, move the needle at all. So let's, let me say two things there. One is like, I think that's a really helpful note to see how your brain is kind of like it's very all or nothing when it comes to that right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's like it has to be stories and it has to be checking in during the day and all of this stuff right yeah I think there's some data there that's useful meaning like of course if stories has worked best then like yeah for sure can we do you know five minutes of stories in the morning Mm -hmm. yeah but even if that's all you did right like if you just did a five minute thing every single morning. I mean, my gosh, that is plenty. Yeah. Yeah. That it feels good. And I think it's funny because, you know, as I was saying all that, of course, I'm thinking about folks that I've followed in the past and, and maybe that's all that they do, but it just feels like they're spending their entire day doing Instagram stories. So there's like the social media pressure of, oh God, do I have to do that too? So it's feels a little freeing to have permission just to do five minutes in the morning. Like, okay, I can do that. That's doable. Well, I I would say a couple of things on that, right? Like, it kind of just depends on how you choose to build your brand. Are there people who definitely build their entire brands by doing that all day? Of course. But is that – does that mean that's a necessity? Definitely not. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Also, like, (laughs) said with a ton of love – it's not like budgeting is a topic I want to be hearing about all day. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I think that's helpful to think about sometimes where it's like that's not like sometimes we use stories as like almost like an escape from reality. <laughs> and so it's not to say like budgeting isn't awesome, but it's just like am I really going to want to consume more than one budgeting story a day? Probably not, right? Right. Yeah. Now, I totally get that. <laughs> I may want to consume something during the day of like you being with your family or mm-hmm. – Could you story your walk sometimes? Like, then I'm getting to know you and that feels different. But, like, in terms of, like, full-on content, that is not a necessity at all. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I've thought about when we're out walking, like, I could probably shoot a quick couple seconds, you know, of us out and about. And But, yeah, I mean, I agree, like – you don't want to watch a whole day of somebody giving tips on budgeting. It's not totally. 
it's not exciting. <laughs> no, but also like yeah. if I know that I can get one tip from you every day on that and and like learn a little bit every day mm-hmm. about stuff that I don't know about, like that's really intriguing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So this conversation around Instagram stories was really important because you could really see that all or nothing thinking there. And we so often do that to ourselves, whether it's around Insta stories or something else. Like we are so often putting ourselves in this position. And what that is, is that we tend to look at what others do and assume that we have to do it the same right? So Rachel was looking at how other people were on Insta stories all day and making this assumption like, I will have to do it the same way. But it's not about that at all, right? It's about the value we provide when we show up and then doing what we can actually be consistent with, right? So if you can't be on stories all day, the answer isn't don't do stories, (laughs) right? It's like do one value packed one when you can. And I think that this is something that trips people up so much and keeps them playing small and getting stuck for a really long time because they're like, well, if I can't, you know, whatever, have a website that has, you know, 37 pages of blog posts and all of these videos on it and whatever, I'm like, shouldn't even bother. Or if I can't, you know, have a Facebook group that has 10,000 people, I shouldn't even open it. All of that kind of stuff, right? If I can't show up like this person with like, you know, beautifully edited, perfect videos, then I shouldn't do it. Like we all play that game. And I just want to show you how that is not the point here, right? So it's like, will Rachel get way more results showing up once a day with a ton of value than if she said, well, I should show up all day. And since I can't, I just won't. Of course she will. Nobody's going to be like, oh, well, I'm not hiring her because she's not showing up all day on Insta stories, right? That doesn't even make that much sense for her brand, quite honestly. Right? So just being willing to look at where you're telling yourself that story, where you're making it really black and white, where you're keeping yourself stuck is insanely valuable because it will help you do what you can do. It will help you show value where you can. It will help you be consistent in the way that is possible for you. And when you do that, everything shifts in your business. Okay, cool. You've been posting in other groups as well though, right? Yes, I have. There are two groups I'm posting in. There was another one I was posting in, but they changed their rules like the day after I started posting. (laughs) (laughs) So I found another group. And I feel like that's been going well. On Monday, I shared, um, I've been using the framework you gave me of like my story, a client story, Mm -hmm. a tip, a tool, and a challenge, which has been really helpful. And so I shared my story on Monday, I think this week I've been talking about uh, cultivating an abundance mindset. And so I shared about like how my mindset was totally in the toilet <laughs> for a while and what I did to <laughs> to come out of it. And I got such good engagement and like actual yes. comments and people like thanking me for sharing. And so that was really like that felt really good because a lot of times when I'm posting in those groups, I feel like I'm just shouting into the void mm-hmm. alongside everybody else's post, you know. And so it was good to see like, okay, I'm actually resonating with people and this this struck people as something they could relate to. So that was great. So something interesting to see here, and I'm like not yet ready to make any judgments because we don't have enough data yet, but I just want to like mention it, is like with something like the money thing, like you might just get a ton more engagement on stuff that's like specific and personal than even Mm -hmm. a tip potentially. Yeah. So 
if that continues to be really obvious, (laughs) you can always kind of play with that a little more. Like even on the tip day, there's still kind of a story involved. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like I have I have a lot of personal experience to share too. And also like taking a lot of the shame out of it is so important. And so I feel like if I'm sharing where I've struggled in the past and how I came through it, I feel like that could really resonate and and attaching a tip or a challenge, you know, will still fit into kind yeah. of the framework. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like you're kind of making it easier for yourself in a sense to talk about it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So take note about how Rachel was mentioning that that personal post connected so much. What typically connects so much about personal posts is really the specifics and the emotion behind it, right? So what I mean by that is that when we can like get down and dirty and specific with what we're thinking and experiencing, people are able so much more effectively to connect with that, right? So when you can go, oh my gosh, it's like you're inside my head. Oh my gosh, you really see me. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm dealing with. Oh my gosh, that's the same feeling I have. That's when you're closer to buying, right? You have that no like and trust factor that's rising. You feel like that person gets it. You feel like they totally get your pain or your pleasure or whatever it is that they're talking about, right? So that's why personal stories are super effective because it's so much easier for us to get there in terms of the specifics and the details. But in general, those always work. When I share, you know, about clients even, I try to get as specific as possible because I know that that's what people are gonna resonate and connect with the most. So that's a huge takeaway there is that the connection is in the details, right? The connection is in someone feeling like you get it, you know that exact thought that they're thinking, that exact feeling that they're feeling. That's when you actually are creating that real relationship. So. It doesn't always have to just be the personal post, but that is a super, super effective way to do it. So keep that in mind in writing your content. That's so good though, to see like that, that, that connection point. So you were kind of talking about mindset more in that post, right? But you were telling that story of like your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Having to leave it. Right. Is that true? Yeah, I was talking about how my husband had gotten laid off, but we kind of ended up in a situation where he got hired right away. And so we had two incomes, one from his severance and one from his new job coming in. So I had taken that opportunity to to stop doing PR. And that was really what let me focus about six months on building up Blissful Budget. That's when I did value-centered sales mm-hmm. and everything. And But I also like learned that I, I, when we got to the point where severance ran out and I was not matching my income, you know, my PR income yet, I kind of learned that I need something to make me feel safe so that I can work in my business and blissful budget and, and made the decision to go back into PR. And, and what's funny about the mindset with, with PR is that I've always sort of had this like, the the work will be there kind of mindset. I've never felt mm-hmm. scarcity around it or like I won't be able to find clients or agencies to subcontract with. Like 
I just knew, like I believed in my soul that there was work there. And so that all came back very easy. But I don't have that same mindset with Blissful Budget. I have like this, oh God, it's hard kind of, <laughs> like it's hard to get clients. It's hard to get calls. And I think that's what's really been holding me back is sort of, sort of like not having the same mindset that I have with the PR business. So yeah, but it resonated with folks. So something that's really interesting there and you saying that, and I just want to hear your thoughts on this, is like, do you see how both of them are kind of a choice, though? Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. I think that's interesting because it's almost like when we say, well, I don't have that mindset here, we act like we couldn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I totally get that because I've been there for sure. But it's so interesting how it's like, well, what if you just did the work to have that mindset here? Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel that simple or are you like, I mean, I get it, but come on. I mean, it feels like it makes sense, but it feels harder for for some reason. Like I I think it's just I know I need to do the work <laughs> around it. And I don't think it's it doesn't feel as easy as like, oh, if I if I I'll just start believing it tomorrow. Like I think there's some work that has to go into that. Um if that makes sense. Well, it's kind of both if that if that resonates. And yeah. so what I mean is like you have to decide that. Like right. I, you have to decide you want that to be the belief and that yeah. is an in-the-moment decision, right? Like yes. that's like today from now on. The biggest goal I have is that my belief is so set on blissful budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's like a – Today at 3.30 decision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean there's not a lot of effort that's going to go into solidifying that belief. Right. Yeah. But it's so funny because one of my clients said this to me the other day because I've really been harping on her for like deciding, kind of like mm-hmm. what we're talking about in a sense, like decide that's true. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I have. And then she came back the next session and she was like, holy shit, I have been deciding to decide, but I've never decided. This week I actually decided and everything feels different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel that. I feel like I've decided to decide. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can see how it would be helpful and you've decided you probably should decide, but then there's still that next step, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Something really helpful here is just remembering that mindset is always, always, always a choice, right? Something that I notice with my clients and that I've definitely noticed with myself is that sometimes we don't feel like we're allowed to think something if it doesn't feel true yet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not allowed to think of myself as a 10K a month business owner. It's not even true. But you guys, that's the magic right? Like you decide what thoughts you want to be true. And then you do the work to get your brain on board. And then the circumstances flow from there. Right. And so what I think is really useful is to give yourself permission to think whatever thought serves you and not only be able to think it, if it feels true, there will always be a gap in mindset work where you're trying to get your brain on board with something that does not yet feel true. But when you cross that barrier, when you stick with it, when you keep intentionally thinking the same thought until it feels true, until it shows up in your experience, that's when the magic happens. That's when you know how to get every single thing you want. When you're only quote unquote allowed to think something that is true, you will just stay in the same place forever. 
You know what I mean? You have to be able to stretch your brain first. So really, really want to give you that permission, right? Really want to let you know, like you're allowed to think whatever you want. You're allowed to think of yourself as a 10 K business owner before you are, you're allowed to think of yourself as the best coach on the planet before that's completely true in your circumstances. You just have to pick and then you have to do the work to again, keep intentionally thinking that thought until it feels true. I feel like this is where so many of my clients that stay in it and stick with it, see that shift and are like, holy crap, how don't more people know this, <laughs> right? But when you only do it a little bit and then you keep pulling back, it's so easy to be like, ah, mindset work, whatever. But if you stick with it through this part, everything will change, I promise you. So in terms of that next step, what what does that feel like it needs from you? Like, what is it going to take to like fully decide? Gosh, I don't. I think it's just catching myself in in the disbelief, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like catching myself when I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to start selling, but that I don't know if people are going to get on the phone with me and just. I mean, this is what I would tell a client to do, like catch yourself in those thoughts and then and then change them into the positive. And and I one thing you had told me, I think, on our first call was to download. Oh, gosh. Think up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I downloaded it and then I never recorded any affirmations. So I feel like like I need to just do that so that I'm at least feeding myself those positive thoughts and like actually retraining my brain. So I think that's exactly it, right? So it's like I am decided, and so that means all my work goes to to getting my brain on board with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? So whether that's listening to the Think Up app all day, every day, having a handful of affirmations you recite, journaling at night before you go to bed, like those really small things – kind of make all the difference to remind you of that because what happens is we can decide, but then we fall into old habits for a week Mm -hmm. and then we're like, oh shit, I was supposed to decide that this was going to be easier. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So the the real thing is deciding and then doing what you can every day to remind yourself that that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like what, what would you say is the decision at this moment? I think it's a couple things. I mean, deciding that I'm going to be successful with blissful budget and deciding that people want to work with me. I think those are the two biggest hurdles right now or the yeah. two you know, things that I have not truly decided yet. Yeah, that's so good to see though, right? Like, mm-hmm. because they're, they're so simple in a sense, right? Like mm-hmm. to just be able to say every day, like, of course, blissful budget's gonna be successful. And to, the, the really good news is you already know what that energy feels like in PR. Mm-hmm. So, you know how to like – I mean, you're going to know what I mean by this, but you know how to bring that energy into your body. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So to connect those, to be able to have the thought of, of course, Blissful Budget will be successful, and then what does it feel like to pull that energy into my body? hmm hmm Right? Yeah. And then, of course, people want to buy from me. Well, I've had people want to buy from me. I've had people that have bought from me. What did that feel like? hmm Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like mostly scary. It mostly felt scary. (laughs) It felt scary, but it felt good. I mean, I Mm -hmm. remember when I signed my first client and I mean, I was terrified because I hadn't really 
like worked with anybody but friends before, mm-hmm. but it felt so good and so validating. And then to finish up with her and have her recommend me to other people was also yeah. great. So yeah, I mean, I remember how that felt and and it was very validating too. So even, I know this is really cutting into it here, but hear me out for a second. In your hour, could five minutes go to that? Yeah, definitely. Like literally just five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And actually, it's funny because even like the affirmations or the journaling, it's sort of been a, where am I going to fit this in my day? But yeah, I mean, if I put it in that hour of, of like, okay, I'm going to start out doing this work for five minutes and then I'll, you know, do other stuff in the business. But I think, again, it goes back to like, I need a very tangible schedule of like, this is when I'm doing this in my day. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, and I think it's almost like permission for that to be part of the hour, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think we're almost like, well, I need to work for an hour and then I'll try to figure out when that goes somewhere. And it's like, no, this is the most important piece. Mm -hmm. Right, because the clients are always there in PR. Because you believe the clients are always there in PR. (laughs) Right. It's not like there's like way more clients for PR than there is that have money issues. That's like not even a thing. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so true. And that's really helpful to see it because I think that we can convince ourselves a lot. Well, like PR is easier because and then insert whatever story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you can be like PR is easier because I believe PR is easier. (laughs) Right. Right. The game changes a little bit at that point. Yeah, it totally does. And um and it's true. I mean, it, it the work comes, I think, because I am I just believe that it will come and and I'm open to it. And I mean, I I I'm totally woo and totally like into the energetics of things and I feel like you know, if I'm closing myself off on the blissful budget side, I mean, I did it by pushing that one person away who was like, I totally want to work mm-hmm. with you, you know? <laughs> well, right. And it's like, so. it's so funny because right now you don't have the belief solidified that someone wants to work with you. Mm-hmm. So when someone says they do, you almost like can't believe them. Right. <laughs> You're like, mm, nope, something's wrong with her. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was a, one of those calls that was really easy, too. And I was like, <laughs> why does this feel so easy? This Because I think I had the belief, like, it's going to be hard to sell. And then she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and you were like, wait, no. Yeah. It, no. <laughs> you definitely don't want to work with me, and it for sure shouldn't be this easy, right? Right. <laughs> so helpful to see though and mm-hmm. to just be able to have that reflection and to I think so often especially at the beginning of a business we don't have that evidence so it's harder to to pull the belief through but you actually have a lot of evidence in the PR business that what you believe comes to fruition and that it can be really easy and so on and so forth so like you're kind of ahead of the game here you know what I mean right right yeah so on that note Let's talk about pricing. <laughs> yeah. That brings up a whole nother set of Perfect uh, <laughs> sequence there. Yeah. I know I had definitely said raising. I think you're on the the same track, but where, mm-hmm. where are you landing with that right now? Yeah, I want to raise my prices and I don't have them in front of me, so I can't remember exactly what we had we had said, but um 
I mean, I was not charging a lot and I actually had lowered my prices because <laughs> I changed I I started out offering three calls a month um you know along with the like I was using Slack so Slack support all the time and three calls a month plus the intensive and what I found was it was a lot for clients and we'd get on the call you know by the third call of the month and they would be like yeah I'm good like <laughs> I don't really have anything to talk yeah, about like it's not like they have this constant money thing exactly and so then I shifted to okay well I'm gonna drop my price and I'm gonna just do one call a month plus the unlimited support in between and then that just felt like not enough because mm-hmm. that's almost like crickets after our our first call and and you know people will either engage a lot on slack or Basecamp, or you won't hear from them at all and so i felt like i was like constantly following up but but it just felt like it wasn't it wasn't moving the needle for clients in the way that i wanted it to so mm-hmm. where i landed was two calls a month because i think that's doable it's not overwhelming but it's enough to feel connected and like you're actually working on your money and right. somebody's holding you accountable and all that but you know, I was charging not that much. And so, and also I was kind of going after anyone and everyone in terms of audience. And now that we're really looking at entrepreneurs and online entrepreneurs, I feel like the price point can be higher. For sure. And I think it's also really thinking about the the value, right? And mm-hmm. the return on that. Like, the the value being like what's possible with what you're teaching them. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's exceptionally high in a situation like this where you're literally giving them a path to get out of debt, save more, make more, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So it almost feels incongruent if you're selling that result and then your price isn't in alignment with that. Right. It's like, well, why are you charging $400 a month if you can help me with all that? Right. You see what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely something there. So I think I had recommended going up to about six ninety seven, dollars Just yeah. as a starting point, I mean, quite honestly, I think at some point it might even be higher. But like I think to kind of get back in the game, what, what feels good around that? Does that feel too low, too high? No, that feels good. And yeah, so $6.97 a month for the three months. One thing – I always, you know, I want to offer a payment plan, Mm -hmm. but then I never know how to break it down with the payment plan. Like, do I just divide that by three and do $6.97 a month? Do I try – I had one person say, like, it's like you're giving them a loan, so you, you know, want to add a little more on to the payment plan. I guess that's where I get stuck is just the numbers, like, there. So that's just more tactical, but (laughs) – So the way I always think about it is it depends on what you prefer. Yeah. So for me, like, I personally prefer um, a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just do. Like, I just like seeing that spread out. Yeah. So I only incentivize pay in full by, like, a little bit. I do think, I do think it's worth giving some incentive there because the reason I do that is because I'm not having to pay for team or tools or anything like that to right. – to get an, 
additional payments. Um, but I have a small incentive because it's not that important to me. But some of my clients just feel like it's very, very much important to them that someone pays in full. So we have a much bigger incentive. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really like that. So it's like if you're doing six ninety seven a month, that comes out to like two thousand one hundred ish dollars, like nine two thousand ninety one bucks, right? Yeah. So you can really be like, okay, so it's like if you pay in full, it's like nineteen ninety nine, or yeah. it's like whatever nineteen seventy five, enough that it feels different. But but you know, you yeah. could go more or less depending on what felt more important to you. Do you feel like called to either one? Yeah, that feels good. I mean, I um. I don't really care a lot about getting paid in full. Um, Monthly is good because sort of right now the way – I think because the way I've been doing things on the PR side has been monthly, you know, that just fits in well. And and so I like that thinking. I think, you know, flipping it around is helpful because I was looking at like the full lump sum and then how do I break this down per month? Mm. But actually looking at it the other way – is a lot easier. (laughs) Like, how do I incentivize the pay in full makes more sense to me. Okay, so I get asked about, like, pricing a lot in terms of, like, payment plan versus pay in full and how should you price that and what does that look like? And what I always tell people is, like, it literally doesn't matter. Just incentivize what you want most. Some of my clients really, really like having that recurring monthly revenue. Some of my clients really, really like getting the pay in full. It truly does not matter. I am always, like, astonished by people that have this one way of doing it where they're like, it has to be pay in full no matter what, or it's always a payment plan. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just what matters to you. Like, for your own business, really thinking about, like, do I find a lot more value in painful? Great. How do I make that an incentive so that people take that? Do I find a ton more value in payment plan? Great. Then I'm not going to incentivize painful that much because what I really want them to take is the payment plan. So really be able to ask yourself that question. What works best for you and your business? What do you prefer? And then like build it based on that. Right. And by the way, that um, that same mentality applies to everything, which is like what works best for you and then build it around that. And pricing is no different. So make sure to be asking yourself that question and not just doing it how you think you're supposed to do it, because it truly doesn't matter. It just needs to serve you. Yeah, totally. So basically, like you kind of are at a point where like maybe they're saving a hundred bucks to pay in full. That's great right. for them if that feels good. And it doesn't and it's not so big that it feels like, ooh, right. <laughs> to take the right. payment plan, right? Yeah, definitely. That's good. That's really helpful. And then I mean, just on the mindset piece of raising my prices, I think I think it, a lot of it comes down to the audience that I want to attract because before I was attracting a lot of um, folks in like the local Atlanta health and wellness and sort of holistic community. And I felt like, I don't know. I think it's part of the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram nine, which is the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to be happy and feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and so I assume like, well, they're not going to be able to pay more than this amount. So I'll just charge. I think I started out charging 1500 when I was doing the uh, four or three calls a month. And I was like, okay, I think this is the max. Like I, I just sort of put myself in this hole of, of like, 
I don't know. This is what people can afford, so this is what I'll charge. Like making that decision for them instead of like letting them make the decision and setting my prices where I felt they should be. Well, I also think that it's something kind of like do they have an interest or do they have a pain point is kind of how I would think about it too, right? Like so a lot of people in that community might have been like, oh, Rachel's awesome. That's interesting. I haven't really thought about that, you know, but like it's like but do I have the pain point? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so what I mean by that is like it, it's not necessarily who the audience was per se, but it was like how much they needed it or how much they wanted it. Do you see what I mean there? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Like I think with the audience you're currently going for, like they're just naturally thinking about money a lot more. They're – Finances are maybe going up and down a little bit more. They're kind of having to be a little more in that game than, say, someone who just, like, has a certain amount of income coming in and they can kind of ignore it and the pain points maybe not pushing hard enough. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And I think that's true. I mean, I think, you know, the folks that I was talking to before, I think a lot of it was just more interest, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, and I think that's why I didn't really – like, I'd do – I they'd book a free call, but then, you know, they wouldn't really be interested or or, or want to do a, an actual intensive or the three-month program. It was sort of like, okay, thanks. That was helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah, and listen, sometimes in being the peacemaker, you almost don't want to talk to the pain point all the time. <laughs> right, right. But also I think that that's, like, really an edge that we can lean into. Like, the more that you can kind of show, like, hey, it really is a pain point if you're not looking at your money at all. Like, that Mm -hmm. truly is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to make a difference. Do you see what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Does that feel uncomfortable or? Um, I mean, I don't – I don't think that part feels uncomfortable, um, you know, I think the the what's felt most uncomfortable is when people have the money objection on the call and like one woman I had talked to her, like we had a really great call and then I told her my prices and she said, Well, I don't really see the value here. Mm. <laughs> and so that's not what you want to hear after you feel like you have a great call. And so then I kind of froze up. Um but she had all she did have all the pain points i think that you know uh i speak to so so i feel like it's there um where i start to feel the discomfort of like um when they have the money objection and and kind of talking them through why you know why they should show up for themselves or you know if they feel like they can and um I'm more like, oh, okay, well, you think this is expensive? Cool. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what comes up for me is that, like, I almost want you to think of that as, like, well, that's my job. Right. Right? Like, not in a way of, like, that's your job. Like, like, (laughs) right? But in a way of, like, oh, okay, that's fine. Like, it's my job to help you see the value. Allow me to educate you. Right. Yeah. I think that that's sort of the edge. Does that make sense? Like where it's like it's okay for someone to say that, 
But mm-hmm. like where we get to come in is to be like, cool, let me clarify. <laughs> right, right. And so some of it is like, how can you see the value? So I think like just a little exercise I would give you this week is to even write that down. Like what is the value of my program? Okay. Like what are the value and results that they're going to get? Mm-hmm. And just almost as like a revisiting of that. Yeah. I know you've done that before, but kind of like getting back into that space as you go back into it so that I think that it's not that you didn't see the value, you just got taken aback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I totally did. Right? And so it's (laughs) just good to be like, well, let me just practice this for a second. Let me practice programming my mind for what the value is. So if someone says that to me again, I'm going to be like, allow me to educate you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Right? Do you see what I mean? Also, I just want to say that like, Sometimes people show us their own shit on the phone. Like, I think being willing to say that to someone on the phone who's just served you for 30 minutes is outlandish in many ways. So (laughs) let's just call a spade a spade for a second. Like, I don't think you should expect to get on calls and hear that. But I want you to be in a place where if you did, you were like, nope, wrong. (laughs) Right. Not like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Do you see what I mean there? The difference between like, she's kind of an asshole, but also. Right, right. Like, there is a way where you could feel like, I still have an answer for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I did get off that call like, ooh, I don't yeah. think I want to work with that person. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to make you happy. Yeah. But um, yeah, exactly. It's just like feeling like you're in that place to really like fully answer that, which is just a good exercise to do regardless when you're kind of like jumping back into the selling game anyway. So I think that her – she doesn't matter. <laughs> right. But right. in general, that's a good point and a good exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So good. Okay. So let's kind of do those follow-ups. Let's get on that new call. Feel free to send me that We'll really play with that mindset. And I'm going to keep holding you to that since we've decided that we are fully decided. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have. And just kind of like working that in and seeing what comes up there. I mean, obviously, of course, feel free to reach out to me in Basecamp as that comes. And we'll just keep staying in that place and going from there. Does that feel good? That feels really good. Thank Amazing. you. Amazing. You're Yay. so welcome. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.